Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, Wanastainuhu, Wanastagfiruhu, Wanukminubihi, Wanatawakilu alay. Wanaudu bilahi min shururi and fusina, Wamin say ati amalina, Mayahdihilahu fala mudilla, Mayudilhu fala hadiella. When I shadu Allah ilaha illallah, when I shadu anna Muhammadan abuduhu or a sulu, or sallallahu alayhi wa salamat asliman kathiran kathira, amma bad. When I udu bilahi mena shaitan or rajim, Bismillahi Rahman or Rahim, for call Allah to Allah fil Quran il Kareem. Ya ayuhaladina amanospiru, was sabiru, warabitu. واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله العظيم. My beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu. We praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. ونستعينه. We seek His help. ونستغفره. We seek His forgiveness. We believe in him and we trust and rely upon him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And you and I know that whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and many more and many more. And my beloved brothers, I ask you the same question that I ask every single time I stand before you, and that is for you and I to take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves, what is changing? We are now a third of the way done with the semester. We are almost done with the month of February one-sixth of the way done with the calendar year. And take a look at yourself at the person you were at the beginning of the semester or at the beginning of the calendar year and compare that person with whom you are now. Because once again, what is the key point? That I am in control of the change that happens within me. Allah is in control of the things that happen around me. And in many cases, Allah is in control of the things that happen to me. But I am in control of what I do with what Allah sends my way. So you and I know what is happening across the globe. In Pakistan, there is a lot of attention given because of yet another bombing with some 40 or more people, actually I think 70 people killed now, a bombing of a Sufi shrine. And who are the people who are often targeted? Very often it's Shias, often it's Sufis that are getting killed by people who believe that they're doing their service to Allah. Allah knows best who is behind this, but the fact is that people are dying. Many are going to heaven early, and who knows who many people are going to the other place. But what else is taking place in our society? We have the ongoing drama with the new administration, and a point that I want to draw our attention to over and over again is how much more people in our society are pushing back against the excesses of the administration for you and I, because people are saying this is our country, you can't take it away from us. But think about this when other groups are getting targeted. So now the efforts 
to, to, to track down immigrants or undocumented immigrants, which include people within our communities, but especially focused on the Mexican community and Latinx communities. People are standing up for us. You and I have to stand up for them in our capacities. And unfortunately, you and I cannot only spend time on academics, but nevertheless, your first reason for being here is academics. But think about how much time you spend outside of academics, and my suggestion to you is shift it even in a small way to service. And your primary reason here is academics. But what else is taking place, my beloved brothers and sisters? Continuing, even in the past week, people from every single corner of the university have been coming forward to me, saying to me, what can we do for you? What can we do for the Muslim students? Even people who are involved with the federal government on campus have come to me and said, tell us what we can do for you. Tell us what we should say to the people who are in Congress or in the Senate. No one knows how to talk to the White House but there are still some people who listen. And what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Think about what your answers would be to those questions, but also remember that there are a whole lot of people who are, once again, concerned about your well-being. There's a whole lot of people far beyond me who are concerned to make sure you are safe here, to make sure that you are safe, not just physically, but safe in your hearts. And of course, many times people fall short. But the real, real question above all of that, compare again your relationship with Allah today with your relationship with Allah a few months ago. This is something you have control over. There are those aspects that are quantitative and there are those aspects that are qualitative. Quantitative, look at your salah. Your salah is the first thing to look at. What is the relationship or what is the condition of your salah, your namaz today? And compare that with the beginning of the semester, with the beginning of the school year. This is something you control. And I've said this to many of you who've come to me with the question about salah. I've said this to many of you that it is easier to make five than it is to make two, three, or one. It is easier to make your five daily prayers than it is to make one. And think of the simple logic that if your focus is on five, you will keep thinking about your prayers throughout the entire day. If your focus is on five, shaitan is going to try to get you to reduce from five to less than that. If your focus is on making one, it's going to be easy to forget it. It's going to be something that nags at you. And shaitan's goal is to make you to drop that and try again the next day. And further, I'm saying, again, from experience, both with myself and with students, it is easier to make five with all the sunnas and all the nafals than it is to make one fard only per day on a consistent basis. And you'll only see this if you try, if you're not already doing it. That if you're making your five fard, shift it, increase it to making your sunnas and your nafals, and you will see in a short period of time, not only that that is easier than to make just five fard, it doesn't add too much time to it. It is easier than to make just one. But in addition, it will start developing a contentment in your heart. We have a teaching attributed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, that if you fill yourself up with worship, if you fill yourself up with ibadah, then Allah will take care of your poverty. He will remove your poverty. If, however, you fill yourself up with dunya, then he's not going to help you with your poverty. And you'll be racing 
to catch dunya, right? This is what we say is the actual meaning of dunya. At one level, dunya means what? The world. Deeper, something low, which gives us a hint of the nature of dunya. But even deeper than that, what is the etymology of the word dunya? Something that when you reach for it, just as you're about to grab it, it escapes you. That is the nature of this world. So think about then, my beloved brothers and sisters, what are your aspirations for this world? What are your aspirations for your time at Loyola? At one level, you're here to get a degree. That's your first priority. At a second level, whether you want to admit it or not, but many people are interested, it's you're looking for a spouse. That is not one of the reasons why you're here, but that's a reason that always comes up in my office over and over and over again. And inshallah, may all of you find good spouses, and may all of you be good spouses, inshallah, inshallah, inshallah. But what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Look at what your aspirations are. Because we are taught by the Prophet, peace be upon him, and it's so interesting how so, much, so many people are mentioning this now. And I think even a, a few hadith ago this was mentioned, or a few khutbas ago, that if you're planting a tree and you see the end of the world coming, continue planting your tree. Okay. If you are convinced that the end of the world is here, you keep planting your tree. And remember, who are the primary beneficiaries of planting a tree? A generation, two generations, three generations later. So what am I saying? On the one hand, we have this tidal wave coming that seems like it might wipe us out. And I've said this over and over again, that I have no idea where we're going to be in a year. And sadly, that's frank. That is neither optimistic nor pessimistic. You know, no idea. And then on the other hand, you keep working at full speed. To put this in perspective, I've even increased the efforts that I put in. That I've mentioned to some of you, I've even increased the learning that I do. It's, it's not even February, it's not even done. I've already read, I've already gone through 10 books cover to cover, looking at what are people talking about, looking at what do I need to be aware of, whether the topic is race, whether the topic is gender, whether the topic is religion, whether the topic is politics. And what is the point? that when the believers see the struggle before them and the hypocrites are saying, look what's happening, they're all rounding up to take you down, what happens for the believers? It increases them in their iman. So what am I seeing, my beloved brothers and sisters? When you see these things that are frightening, remind yourself that Allah is in control, that only Allah will let this happen. Remind yourself that Allah will not give you anything that you cannot handle and race right at it. In the Battle of Uhud, the Prophet, peace be upon him, who was over 50 years old, was running so fast into battle that the other Sahaba who were younger than him had to struggle to keep up with him. And that's what I'm calling you and I to do by way of your academics, by way of your ibadah, first and foremost. So when you see these struggles, you have one option, either to be afraid or to run to God. And I'm telling you that if you take the route of running to God, you will find contentment in your heart. The colors will become more brighter for you. If you take the route of fear, and it's understandable, but you're going to paralyze yourself. And no one can take you out of fear except for yourself. Either you can fear creation, or you can fear the one who created it. It's that way. It's that simple, my beloved brothers and sisters. Intellectually, it's that simple. How to work out of it, that takes more effort. Come to my office and we'll talk about it. Talk about steps to shift the fear. But now let's take this even a step further, my beloved brothers and sisters. 
One of the points that I gave back in August was to figure out each and every one of you one aspect of your worship that by the time you get to December, you will accomplish it. And ask yourself if you even remember that, if you did it. But this is something I'm renewing for each and every one of us. Here we are, fifth week. You have 10 weeks until the end of the semester. Pick one thing to improve upon. And my suggestion is first look in your prayers. Look at one step on how to improve your prayers. Maybe all you're able to do, all you have the willpower to do is to come to Friday prayers. And inshallah, you'll get rewarded for that. Inshallah, you'll have benefit in this dunya for that. So figure out one way to improve upon that over the course of the next, two week, next 10 weeks. So that by the time we get to May, you can say, yes, I've improved in such and such a way. Maybe you're someone who makes all five, including sunnahs, including nuffles, but you don't wake up for the hajjud. Okay. Break your sleep and wake up for the hajjud. Actually, I'm saying break your sleep, but you and I know that half of you don't even go to sleep until fajr time anyway, so it should be easier to do the hajjud. Okay. But why salah? So as you and I know, the Prophet, peace be upon him, at one level tells us that the difference between a believer and a rejecter is salah. But what is the deeper point in there? That that is your actual nourishment. That is the nourishment that you and I have been given for navigating life. One of the main purposes of religion, beyond salvation, beyond explaining how the world works, is to get you through life. To get you through the happy points of life. To get you through the difficult points of life. And this is one of the functions of Salah itself. When you're putting your face on the ground for Allah, something, imagine doing that for anyone but Allah. Can you even conceive of that? Putting your face even on the road, because many of us have even prayed on asphalt. Can you even conceive of doing that for anyone but Allah? You're putting your face on the ground. But it also develops in you contentment. It also develops in you, this is in Surah Al-Isra, it develops in you humility. And that was one of the flaws of the devil, right? The devil refused to do a prostration. It is said of the devil, some of us, we discussed this in class just a couple days ago, I think it was yesterday, that the devil, shaitan ar-rajim, the accursed devil, it is said of him that there is not a spot on the earth where he did not do sajda to Allah. That every single spot on the earth, he did a voluntary prostration to Allah but he refused this one out of arrogance. Good. And so what are we saying? When you are doing your prostrations as part of your prayer and you're relaxing in your prostrations, not the high-speed stuff that we do, you're relaxing your shoulders, you're relaxing your posture in prostration, you are also increasing yourself in humility, in khushua. Khushua is more of a devoted humility. So this is one of your assignments, and if you need help in figuring out what that assignment should be, talk to me. Half of you have already visited me on a regular basis. You know I'm not here to judge. My job is to be the gardener that helps you become the flower that you're capable of being. So now let us take a moment and seek forgiveness from Allah. Wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihil kareem amma ba'ad. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So one point, once again, my beloved brothers and sisters, figure out one aspect in your acts of worship that you can improve upon. And I'm happy to discuss it with you in detail to figure out what that can be, what that should be, or even trying 
different things to figure out what works. But now the other aspect, the era that you and I are living in. You know, it's interesting how many times I have conversations with my peers who, mashallah, now have children that are close to your age. As you know, my daughters are almost your age. Mashallah for you, mashallah for them. But so many of my peers say, yeah, I grew up here. I made it through. Life is not really that hard. And then I have to push back at them and say, you have no clue how hard it is for young people compared to back in the day in the Stone Age when we were young. Because we had television. We had VCRs. VCRs were just invented. Good. You have the internet. You have social media. So one challenge, as every single one of us knows, is how much social media just envelops your whole brain, like it becomes an extension of your brain. And I have to say, mashallah, there's always at least one person who is on his phone at this point. Well, mashallah, you all are at least pretending to pay attention, so alhamdulillah. But the other point I'm saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, is what we call this echo chamber. That when you go through your social media feed, that you go through all your texts day after day after day after day. I mean, I literally, speaking as someone who's more than twice your age, mashallah, in your mind, think mashallah, someone who's twice your age, I probably go through 10 to 20,000 texts per month. I can't imagine how many you do. But the point is that that consumes your time. That consumes your thinking. But when you're talking to your friends, you're seeing a very tiny sliver of the world. And then people get surprised by the person who gets elected that 60 million people voted for that person because you get caught up in what we call an echo chamber. What is an echo chamber? When you surround yourself with people who think the same way as you do. Okay. If that's what you do in terms of Dean, that's a good thing. But what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? As part of facing these challenges that are in the world today, I'm putting a responsibility on each and every one of you to increase the learning that you do outside of your academics. Okay. Your first purpose here is to be in academics. And for 90% of you, it's to get into med school. And mashallah, inshallah, you will. Okay. But what I'm saying is that time that you have to spare, whether it is to take your obligatory naps, whether it is to sit there in the musalla and play patty cake with each other, whatever it is you people do, right? Or you're playing your video games, or you're talking, or you're going out to eat. Figure out how to squeeze time in for additional learning. Okay. This you have to do. Because if you and I are not the ones to figure out answers for these questions of the world today, who is going to do it? Many of you have talked to me about your own challenges of faith, either because something horrendous happened to you in your life, or because no one's able to answer your questions. If you're having those questions, if you've had those experiences, you can be sure other people in this room have, but you can be sure thousands of other people who are five years younger than you are in the same situation. So what am I saying? In the same way that I am, in many ways, a big brother or young uncle, for, for you, you have the responsibility starting immediately to be a big brother for other people, but a starting point of that is you have to sharpen your minds and learn what is going on in the world. So the second obligation I'm putting upon you is starting immediately, figure out some time slots you can put on a regular basis for additional learning outside of your academics. Your academics, your goal is straight A's. Your goal is A+. Plus. And if that's going to consume all of your time, then that's what you do. Okay. I'm saying even some of you who've taken my classes and some of you, your goal has definitely not been to get an A. But the point I'm saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, your goal 
should be A plus, but then figure out time you can do in addition to that for additional learning. And if you want to know what to study or learn, come talk to my office and we'll figure it out. We can even study together. Because you have the responsibility of leading the way. And what else will that do? That will calm your fear. Ibadah will calm your fear to some degree by giving you contentment. Study and service will also calm your fear because it's going to wipe the fear out of your heart because you're doing something. Okay. Again, if you and I don't do it, who's going to do it? Every generation we're taught in the Quran curses the generation that came before it because they think, look at what you've handed us. You are handing the next generation whatever it is you do and whatever it is you don't do. And that is also in your hands. So now let us take a moment to remember what Allah Ta'ala says about the Prophet, peace be upon him. The Prophet who loved us so much that it was a huge burden upon him anytime any of us are suffering. And this is his model. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi ya ayyuha alladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. O oh Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings in, in peace upon them all. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana. Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. O oh Allah, in our studies, please guide us to have clarity of mind and please guide us to have the ambition to study more and more and more, to be the best in our classes and to be the best of the people that we can be. And please distract us from the knowledge and from the time-consuming things that will not benefit us. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati ya mayasifoon. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Bim as-salah.